You see, when you know the Lord, you know His voice. Whenever He speaks to you, you say, Here I am, Lord, speak. Is that you, Lord? Or is it somebody I'm listening to that I shouldn't be listening to? We need to hear the voice of God. We need to know the voice of God in our lives. We recognize every other voice. But what about the voice of the Lord? Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's great to have you with us today for our continuing series in the book of Acts. As Raul explores the Apostle Paul's life-changing journey to Damascus, you'll see how God dramatically transformed a passionate opponent of Jesus into one of the gospel's all-time greatest champions. Stay with us for a challenge to follow Paul in hearing God's voice and responding to his call. Here's Raul Reese. Well, if you have your Bible, turn to the book of Acts, chapter 9. Paul the Apostle just really blew me away when I was reading it again. I've read it so many times. That when the persecution broke out in Jerusalem, the church immediately went down, you know where? To Syria, to Damascus, to hide from the persecution. And I remember going to Damascus and going through that road where Paul the Apostle was converted. And I stopped and I started weeping. Paul the Apostle going to kill and then returning to save. And I guess every one of us has our Damascus. Every one of us. And when the Lord touches your life, Damascus is no longer an important thing in your life, but Jesus is the most important thing in your life. The Lord already had a plan for Paul the Apostle. Incredible. Look how he starts in verse 1. And then Saul, his name is not Paul yet, his name is Saul here. Still breathing threats, murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest. So here we first of all see the instrument. That God is going to be using. Paul the apostle in his mind. Never thought that he would ever serve the Lord. Never thought that he would not only go out and give the gospel to people. To repent and to come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. But Paul has only one mind. Let's kill Christians. Let's put them in prison. Let's get rid of as many as we can. So that we can stop this Christianity. Or they call it the way. That's what they called it, the way. Those of the way. Speaking of Christians. And what's really awesome here, the disciples here. The word disciple means a learner or a student or a follower. He is going after the followers of Jesus Christ. Those students that were learning about Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Those that were learners just like us here tonight were sitting here as students trying to learn what God's Word says in chapter 9 of the book of Acts. We want to know what God says here to each one of us individually. In verse 2 he says, And then Paul or Saul asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus. 
So that if he found any who were of the way, underline that, the way, capital W, of Christians, of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And you know, because of the persecution and prosecution of Christians, they were not only being prosecuted, but they were being killed. And when you're not a Christian like Paul, when you look at people not only with hateful eyes, but a hateful heart, that as the Lord begins not only to deal with you personally, as he will with Paul, that when people look at you, they become fearful because they don't know what you're going to do, especially in those days that Paul the Apostle lived. Because they would incarcerate you, and eventually they would kill you. In Rome, they would take a Christian, put him in prison, throw him out with the lions, and have the lions eat them all up, women, children, whoever it was, because they were Christians. Today, look what's happened to Christians. Are we really being persecuted? Are we really being prosecuted? The devil wants to close down churches. The devil wants to discourage you. The devil wants to move you away from things that you're doing, like reading, praying, attending services. And the devil's very, very smart. The devil likes to control people. He likes to possess people. He can't possess Christians, so he possesses non-believers. Every non-believer, every non-believer, their father is the devil. Understand that. The devil was my father. The devil was your father until you came to Jesus Christ. And when you talk to people, they don't really want to hear about Jesus. They'd rather hear about the devil than Jesus Christ to become Lord and Savior of their lives. The hate that they have. The close-mindedness that they have in not wanting to know the truth. The Holy Spirit already was working in the life of Paul. God had a plan for his life. Paul becomes a vessel, a vessel for the Lord. A chosen vessel, you see in a moment. You and I are chosen vessels. Did you know that? Every one of us. You're not just Paul. Every one of us are chosen vessels. If we are chosen vessels, then what are you doing about it? What are you doing about it? Since you came to know Christ. A day, a week ago, 10 years, 20 years, however. When you look at your life, when you look at Paul's life, he looks back at his life. He made three missionary journeys, three of them. Three times he was beaten. And Paul loved Jesus so much that God used Paul to write 13 or 14 letters we call epistles. And when you think of what Paul did, what he did, I mean, more than any disciple did in their own personal lives. More, I guess, than any one of us will ever do. For him to go without an airplane, without a car, without a motorcycle, without a bicycle, but walking in by ship to make three missionary journeys, to go all the way to Rome and all the way back to Jerusalem and just do all these little trips to Cyprus, and yet Paul never losing hope. But knowing Christ even more intimately. How intimately is Christ in your life? How much do you really know him? How much does he speak to you? In the morning when you wake up, how does he speak to you? What's your first priority when you get up in the morning? Lord, I want to start my day with you, Lord. I am giving you myself today, Lord. 
And as you spend some little time with the Lord, then you can go shower, you can brush your teeth, you can get your coffee, whatever it is. But spend time first seeking first the kingdom of God. The Bible says that. Don't seek yourself. You'll see Paul. Paul begins to seek ye first the kingdom of God every single day of his life. Every single day of his life. He seeks the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul really spoke to me in so many ways this week. The number one, I need to hear the voice of God. I need to hear the voice of God. Because as he said in verse 1, And Saul, still breathing threats, murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to high priest, and then he asked for letters for the high priest to the synagogues, plural, of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. From Jerusalem to Damascus, 40 miles northeast of Jerusalem. Now, the old Damascus city is not there any longer. And when they were fighting in Damascus, when we went last time, you could hear the bombings. You could hear all these bombings were going on. But it would be so awesome if we could go to Damascus on these trips. Man, it would change your lives. When you look at the book of Acts, you go, well, I've been there. I've been on that straight road where Paul the Apostle was knocked off his horse. And the Lord spoke to him. Verse 3, he says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. This is daylight. The sun's out. And a light? Daylight and a light shows up. You know, I wrote this down. I put it here. Light in the Bible is often associated with a manifestation of the Lordship of Christ. Imagine his mind. I'm going to get some Christians today. And on his way, he can see Damascus. And as he's looking at Damascus, all of a sudden, boom, this light appears to him. And then he says, what? He fell to the ground. A lot of times people will say, well, he was slain in the spirit. That's not what it says. And the nice and Safari so was slain in the spirit. They were dead. But here the Lord knocked him off his horse, knocked him to the ground. And when he was knocked to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? You're persecuting the church, but the church belongs to me. You're persecuting me personally, Paul. Imagine the Lord speaking to him, Paul, you're persecuting me. Have we ever persecuted the Lord? When we used to persecute Christians, you persecute Christians today, they're your brothers and sisters. We're not supposed to be doing that. I love the way the scripture says that the Lord noticed knocked him down. He fell off to the ground. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to email Raul personally with your prayer requests and Bible questions, his address is pastorraul at somebodylovesyou.com. You can also visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165 for resources to enrich your faith as you follow Christ. Here's Raul now with the conclusion of our study. He says, and he said, here's the Lord asking him, and he says, what? Who are you, Lord? How did he know that? He hates Jesus. He hates Christians. Something dramatic happened here. Something supernaturally 
Who are you, Lord? Immediately, he's touched by the Lord, his response. The answer. And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the goats? Paul, do you know I'm talking to you? Do you understand what I'm telling you? Aren't you tired of persecuting my church? When you persecute my church, you persecute me. You persecute me, Paul. Man, I wish I would have been there when Paul got zapped. And Paul, man, here's the voice of God. The voice of God. He goes on to say, again, let me read verse 5 at the bottom of it. And then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Is it hard for you to kick against the goats? And then he said, and he trembling and astonished. I mean, this guy's a man. He's astonished. He's trembling. He said, Lord, again, Lord. How did he know that? Lord, master, what do you want me to do? Oh, my goodness. I mean, did you say that when you got saved? Immediately, Lord, what do you want me to do? He answers rapidly, but he answers in repentance. You can tell Paul has repented. Lord, what do you want me to do? And then the Lord said to him, get up and go into the city. And you will be told what you must do. Imagine he's giving him orders. I want you to get up. I want you to go to Damascus. And I want you to wait there three days. And then I'll tell you what I want from you. The Lord, the way he does things is not the way we do things. But the Lord has a way of doing things. The Lord right there could have opened his eyes and said, Okay, Paul, you're going to be preaching for me. You're going to be teaching the word of God. You're going to be writing epistles. Okay, go back to Jerusalem. No, no, Paul, we're going to spend some time. You're going to spend time not looking. You're going to be blind for three days. Three days. You can see nothing. Here's Paul, the big honcho. Guess how he's taken back to Damascus? By the hand. Being led by the hand. Man, when God breaks you, he breaks you. Have you been broken by God? Where a little child can walk you. Or are you too proud to do that? Do you walk with your chest out? You know, like you're somebody big? Or do you walk in humility? Paul the Apostle, from this point on, he's nothing but humble before the Lord. He's nothing but obedient to the Word of God. He's nothing but loving and kind to people. And he has a heart for getting people to come to know Jesus. That's why God saved them. That's why God saved you. You can come to that place and say, Lord, my heart burns for my neighbors. Lord, help me. Give me the words. Give me the timing when I can share the love of Christ with them, Jesus. Please help me. So he goes on. Command given. And then the man who journeyed with him, stood speechless, had nothing to say, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Seeing no one. They heard a voice. And then Saul got up from the ground. Notice, he obeys God's command. With his eyes were open, he saw no one. Now he is blind. The blindness by the light. But they led him by the hand, and brought him into Damascus. Now imagine 
Paul the apostle, broken, coming like a little child, strolling along he can't even see. Coming to the place where he's supposed to kill Christians and arrest Christians. And the Lord has him now, and he's broken by the Lord. Paul, I got you where I want you, and I'm not letting you go. I'm not going to let you go, Paul. I'm going to have you for three days. I want you to look at your life. I want you to think of who I am, and then I'm going to use your life. Verse 9. And then he was three days without sight, neither ate nor drank. So he was fasting for three days. He couldn't see. And as he sits there without eating, but just praying, I wonder what was going through his mind. What did he see in his blindness? Because he goes on now as he's sitting there. The Lord has other plans now. Verse 10. And now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, which is God's instrument. And to him the Lord said in a vision. Notice he speaks to him in a vision. Ananias. And he says, hear my Lord. Just like Paul, who are you? And he says, hear my Lord. You see, when you know the Lord, you know his voice. You know his voice when he talks to you. Whenever he speaks to you, you say, here I am, Lord, speak. Is that you, Lord? Or is there somebody I'm listening to that I shouldn't be listening to? We need to hear the voice of God. We need to know the voice of God in our lives. We recognize every other voice. But what about the voice of the Lord? The one that wants to speak to you. The one that wants to share with you. The one that wants to take away that language that you had in the world and give you a whole new language, a new tongue to be able to speak and to glorify the Lord and to praise Him and to worship Him. That's what Paul will do. Three days blind, three days without eating and drinking anything. And then again, verse 10, And Ananias said, Here am I, Lord. And then he says, So the Lord said to him, Get up. Go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for the one called, that's not Judas Iscariot, for the one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. What was he doing? He was praying for three days and three nights. Praying. He just got saved. Praying. Praying, praying to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The command, get up and go. To the streets called straight. And then in a vision. He has seen a man named Ananias. Notice how beautiful. Supernaturally. That Paul was sitting there. And he saw this man by the name of Ananias. That he was going to come over. Lay hands on him. And pray with him. And he would see again. The Lord preparing already the way. One step ahead. Before us. He goes on. And in a vision he had seen a man named Ananias coming and putting his hands on him so that he might receive his sight. And then Ananias answered the Lord and said, Hey Lord, I've heard of this guy. Uh uh-uh, not me. Uh-uh, I'm not going. I heard about this guy. Many things about this man. How much he harmed. How much he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. Man, he is a bad dude. And then he said, what? And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. Lord, don't you get it? This guy is out to kill us. He hates Christians. He hates you. But the Lord said to Ananias, 
go. Underline that. The command. God gives the command. Go for he saw is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles. Man, underline that whole verse. Color it if you can. Remember this. Go for he is a chosen vessel of mine. Underline that. You are that chosen vessel. To bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and children of Israel. For I will show him. Notice, not you, not me. I will show him how many things, listen, he must suffer. Underline that. Suffer. Being a Christian is suffering. For my name's sake, underline it. For whose sake? The Lord's sake. Not my sake, not anyone else's sake, for the sake of Jesus Christ. My Lord, my Savior. And then Ananias obeys God's command, verse 17. And Ananias went his way and entered the house. And laying hands on Paul, or Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus Christ, who appeared to you on the road to Damascus, came and has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. I love that. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul, you're going to need power. You're going to need power, and the power will come to you by the power of the Holy Spirit, and God will use your life. You'll be a witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And God did it through Paul. God did it. Three missionary journeys. He suffered tremendously. Read Second Corinthians chapter 4. Suffered tremendously. But he did it all for Jesus because he loved Jesus. And then he says, and when he had received food, he was strengthened. And then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. After he prayed, after he fasted. But go back to 18. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales. And he received his sight at once. And he got up and was baptized in water. Baptized in water. And then, later on, he receives the Holy Spirit. And then, verse 20, And immediately, Paul, or Saul, preached the Christ in the city. Can you imagine? Immediately, he begins to preach Jesus. And immediately, he preached the Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. He is the Mashiach. He is the Savior of the world. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And then all who heard his were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on his name in Jerusalem? Hey, what happened when you got saved? Isn't that so and so that we knew they used to drink and party and do all the things? Hey, what happened to him? Is this not the one who destroyed those who call on his name in Jerusalem has come here for that purpose? He came to kill and to imprison so that he might bring them bound to the chief priest. But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, providing that this Jesus is the Messiah. 
full of the power of the Holy Spirit, supernaturally sharing with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul was one of a kind in his sacrificial service. But today we've seen that regardless of where life takes us, we can all follow his example of honoring God with humble obedience. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to review today's lesson, call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for Raul's teaching from Acts chapter 9. We'll send an unedited version to you for a donation of $5 or more. Well, as you listen for the Lord's leading, we'd like to tell you about a helpful resource from Rawl. His four-part study of the Holy Spirit will show you how you don't have to act in your own strength and wisdom, but can trust in the provision of God Himself. For your convenience, this series is available on either CD or flash drive. To order Rawl's four-message Holy Spirit study, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your USB drive for a gift of $12 or the CD collection for $19. Our number once again is 800-634-9165. To order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. This is a listener-supported ministry. Your tax-deductible gifts help us continue sharing the wisdom of God's Word, and we are grateful for your partnership. Join us next time for more encouragement from the Book of Acts. As you explore how prayer shaped the life of a man named Cornelius, you'll see that the more time you spend with the Lord, the more He can grow your faith and align your will to His own. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.